years old in a different America, but I got to turn it down. All right, folks, welcome to the Wise Gold and Crypto Show. It is Monday, Monetary Metals Monday, Markets Monday, the 22nd of January, 2024. I'm your host, Tony Arterburn. I'm broadcasting from deep within the heart of Texas, although it's frozen, Beans of the Bray made a very quick trip outside this morning. She's back uh, in bed. Everything's frozen over in the yard. My pipes are frozen. Everything's frozen. So it might be a, a shorter show today because I have to go to the trading floor to turn in some product. I can't waste any time getting stuff like that turned in. Uh, well, welcome again once and all. I uh, <laughs> want to... <laughs> I want to jump right into some headlines here. Let me turn on. I got to turn the music all the way down. I wanted to leave it on. It's so much fun because it is money for nothing. All right, folks. Well, we've got a good show for you. It's, again, a little bit shorter. We're broadcasting uh, live on all the technocratic approved platforms. I've got uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, both my personal Twitter at Tony Arterburn and uh, at Wise Wolf Gold, uh, the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show Facebook page, YouTube. Uh, Rockfin as well. I'll, I'll go to the chat here uh, momentarily over on Rockfin and YouTube. If you've got any comments or you want to join the program, anything you want to shout out, I'll, I'll see if I can get to it. Uh, lots of stuff happening week to week in this moment of history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's always going to be interesting. De-dollarization is not going to be pretty. And uh, the the powers that be are doing a lot of uh, sleight of hand. It's very much a magic trick uh, trying to get you to look somewhere else. But that's why you tune into me because I'm always looking at, I'm always looking at the, the, the things that aren't really headlines that should be. And a little bit, of, little bit of gold news today, a little bit of crypto news we'll mix in. Lots of stuff happening with the Bitcoin ETFs in the crypto space. And I, we talked last week about that. I, 
I don't really care for ETFs and I don't need, you know, Larry Fink's approval from BlackRock or any of these banksters. But it is interesting to watch, you know, you start seeing this institutional money start flooding into Bitcoin and uh, it, it just strengthening it more and more. That space continues to strengthen. We didn't need their help, uh, but I think a lot of them see the writing on the wall, the inevitability of, well, the reset, really. They they call it that. It's the Great Reset, you know, the Klaus Schwabian uh, World Economic Forum Great Reset. Uh, but it's really, uh, it starts with currency. You know, and of course, it devolves into uh, you'll own nothing and be happy. So we got to avoid that. But it starts with currency. I think a lot of the elites know that. And that's why the crypto space is important. That's why gold's important. And uh, we're going to get into some of that today. And so starting with de-dollarization, let's look at this article that's up on Kitco. And uh, I'm a fan of Andy Sheckman. He shows up on Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad radio program a lot. And he owns uh, Miles Franklin Gold and Silver. He's a competitor, but he's a really smart guy. So I, I tend to follow what he says. He was up on uh, getting interviewed by Kitco. Let me put the article on the screen here. And Andy says the BRICS Plus expansion, and we're going to talk about that. BRICS, what is BRICS Plus? BRICS Plus expansion is accelerating petrodollar collapse, ultimately leading to massive global dollar dump. Well, that's huge news, isn't it? I mean, why isn't this all over CNBC? <laughs> why aren't they talking about it on the mainstream hairdo teleprompter reader networks? Well, it's probably because they don't want you to understand the root of our financial system is fake. Again, Kitco News, the BRICS expansion is a major catalyst for the ultimate demise of the U.S. dollar, with the additional five new members accelerating the de-dollarization process as they increase trade in local currencies and buy and sell oil not using the dollar, thereby Further destabilizing the petrodollar, warned Andy Sheckman, president and owner of Miles Franklin Precious Metals. You know, if you uh, go back to the history, why do we have a petrodollar? That's something that uh, Henry Kissinger was tasked to set up following the August 15th, 1971 announcement by Richard Nixon that we were closing the gold window and and f leaving the Bretton Woods agreement that was set in 1944 that pegged uh, gold and the dollar together at $35 an ounce as the world's reserve currency. We soon moved into a an agreement with the oil-rich nations, starting with really the House of Saud, that they would trade uh, oil in dollars. Therefore, we were pegging the dollar to something and it was uh, oil-based, petroleum-based. Now, that's been thrown out the window. If you've been paying attention, uh, the Biden administration just came straight up and just dumped it. And, you know, we've they've allowed uh, China to fill that vacuum, uh, Russia to fill that vacuum. I mean, it's, all, I mean it's, it's apparent the U.S. administration is doing a controlled demolition, not only of our economy and the empire, but the petrodollar. And it starts with that. As of January 1st, the BRICS bloc, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, officially welcomed Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Egypt, Iran, and Ethiopia as new members of the alliance. That should be the biggest financial headline out there right now. It's the death knell. 
for the petrodollar. And again, this happened because we have 40 different sanctions in 36 different countries weaponizing the U.S. dollar. We've used it as a weapon, and the world uh, sees the opportunity to get away, and they are doing that. They are running away and forming their own alliances. So how is that going to work when we need all of that money velocity, all that trading in dollars? How is that going to work when those dollars are repatriated or not used? Well, it's going to devalue the currency even further. I mean, the currency is based on nothing except for money velocity, except for its psychological value that's placed on it. And of course, uh, the petrodollar was a very strong part of that. Saudi Arabia joining the group is particularly significant given its role in maintaining the status of the petrodollar, Sheckman told Michelle McCory, lead anchor and editor-in-chief at Kitco News. Uh, quote, this is a very big deal, Sheckman said. Saudi Arabia is the linchpin to the dollar hegemony. Whether it emanates from the BRICS or from within, the day of reckoning is coming. Well, I like his choice of language. All of us gold bugs, we, we tend to lean towards a, a reckoning, a, uh, an accounting. You know, we're not just, we don't believe in unlimited uh, currency creation. That's not been part of history. So, you know, gold bugs tend to look to history. History tells us that, you know, something that the philosopher Voltaire said about paper currency, that it always returns to its natural state, which is worthless and zero. On top of the shifting mindset in Saudi Arabia, there are also reports that the United Arab Emirates is ditching the U.S. dollar oil trade as it looks at individual oil and gas deals with up to 15 countries based on local currencies. The UAE is the seventh largest producer of oil in the world. They are in OPEC and now they are in OPEC and now a BRICS member, Sheckman said. What becomes even more uh, proactive, provocative is the fact that Putin who hasn't left his country but once or twice over the last few years because of the bounty on his head, just makes a very impromptu trip to the United Arab Emirates. Now, what do you think of that, he said? Well, I, I watched that too. We were You can't really explain what's happening in the United States without really coming to terms with the fact that, that something that Tucker Carlson said in his book, Ship of Fools, and regardless of what you think of Tucker Carlson, he said something very important. He said, how, how can a country survive like the United States when the people that rule it hate it? And that's very important to look to. You know, we used to have, for all their faults, we used to have leaders that would like to broker deals. I mean, that was like the big foreign policy stuff of the uh, late 1960s and the 70s into the 80s with Reagan. But you had you know, the opening of China in 72, again, I'm say what you will about, but they, they were doing things. There was, there was a giant, you know, there was uh, moves uh, geopolitically on the grand chessboard uh, by Nixon and Kissinger. Uh, again, following opening China, they had a, an agreement with the Soviet Union. It was called the SALT Treaty. It was the Strategic Arms Limitation Agreement. And uh, that was to create a, a spirit of what they called detente. I mean, this was that was sophisticated. And yeah, you know, the, the dollar was pegged to, to, to oil through the petrodollar system. There was at least moves on the grand chessboard. What are we doing now? Just sanctioning and, and what? Just bankruptcy? There's, there's no alliances. We're not building any grand alliances, not doing anything. Our manufacturing 
uh, all of that is thrown out the window. We have uh, open borders, uh, free trade, Uber Alice. I mean, this is, you, know, you can go listen to my radio show, the Art of Burn Radio Transmission, if you want me to dig a little bit deeper into these things or my podcast, Paratruther, we, we go into some of this stuff. But I don't think this is an accident, ladies and gents. And you should really pay attention to this. I mean, this is one of those those moves that will have a reaction, a reverberating massive reaction. And the ripple effect will go in, will go into and uh, make it into our reality, like within the next six weeks. Like this is not going to be something that, oh, well, two or three years. No, it, this is massive. Uh, what the new BRICS Plus represents. Again, this is BRICS Plus. Like this isn't Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa alone. This is BRICS Plus. So they're adding countries. Again, the world is witnessing the U.S. dollar hegemony being chipped away a little by little, Sheckman pointed out. Every OPEC country is on the Chinese Belt and Road Rail Initiative, the largest infrastructure project in human history. Saudi Arabia joined the BRICS and the Shanghai Co Cooperation Organization, the largest regional financial and military organization on the planet, and they joined BRICS' new development bank, he noted. Russia also took over the BRICS presidency in 2024 with the group's annual summit scheduled to take place in Kazan, Russia, this fall. Think about this. The, uh, you know, the Chinese, this was something the Chinese did, the Belt and Road Initiative so the Chinese, you know, again, I'm not defending the Chinese. We all know what that tracks back to with the communist state. And, of course, the Chinese government itself was set up in 1949 by the Rockefellers that funded communism and Mao Zedong. But that's a whole other story. But we go and look at what the Chinese are doing. They go around and build infrastructure. You know, the, the American empire was like, well, okay, we're going to bomb you until you have some freedom. And uh, then when you don't really have, we'll have democracy, which will, you know, you know the multinationals will control the levers of that. But, you know, it's going to be a hollowed out thing and it's never really built up. Well, China goes around and builds infrastructure. They build dams. They build electrical grids. They build uh, rail lines. Yeah, it all has a price, you know, to be part of the Belt and Road. It all has a price, but it's built through infrastructure. It's built through economic opportunity. I mean, we really miss the boat. And perhaps, again, that's on purpose. I'll go to the chat here in a second, too, folks, by the way. I, I want to get this is a really important article. Russian President Vladimir Putin already announced his plans for 2024, including efforts to increase BRICS role in the international financial system. Putin also recognized that BRICS Plus now includes 10 countries with 30 more waiting to join. With the expansion, the bloc now represents a staggering over 3.5 billion people, or 45% of the world's population, with the collective GDP exceeding $28.5 trillion, or about 28% of the global economy. The BRICS Plus is now also responsible for producing about 44% of the world's crude oil. The group has made it clear that one of its primary objectives is to move away from reliance on the U.S. dollar and trade in their own currencies, Checkman said. This is, you know, you, you, when you drill down into the specifics of what the BRICS are and their emergence, then they've been a, around for a bit, but their emergence over the last 36 months, it's no accident, folks. After the, there was a provocation by, NATO and the West 
you know, they desperately wanted something to happen on the Ukraine front. They got it. You know, Russia invaded Ukraine. The sanctions were placed. But something very interesting happened there. As soon as the sanctions were placed, the ruble tanked, but it was only temporary. And then there was an announcement that Russia would no longer deal in dollars. They pegged uh, a portion of the ruble to so many grams of gold or so. How the, There was an equation for how you could uh, trade the ruble back through gold and their ruble recovered. And then all of a sudden the sanctions were just hollow. But what was the real damage was the use of dollars in financial transactions. You go back to 2001 and 75% of all the global transactions were in dollars. You fast forward post Ukraine invasion by Russia and the sanctions that were placed and the dollar velocity and the usage goes down to 44%. I don't know what it is now. I'm sure it's declining uh, further and further, but this is, we have BRICS plus now, ladies and gents. De-dollarization is a phenomenon that has been years in the making. It is now accelerating. At what point does it become substantial enough in every metric, military, GDP, natural resources, shipping lanes, human population? At what point does it become substantial enough that they flip the switch? We're going to see that switch where there ain't nothing you can do about it, Sheckman said. Well, you got to like how Sheckman talks. Uh, he's a man after my own heart, I think. Uh, a major sign of something brewing is the BRICS countries shedding U.S. treasuries and replacing them with gold, with China leading the pack, the central bank gold buying. And then he says the BRICS common currency is next. And, you know, this was uh, supposedly something that was going to be announced uh, back in August. It, it didn't happen. They, they had a meeting. This, they don't have to do anything. The, the de-dollarization is happening all by itself. You don't need... Uh, to make a formal announcement anytime soon, you can let the chips fall and see what happens. But you're just seeing countries are slowly buttoning up. They're dumping the treasuries. They're buying gold. Uh, we can all watch this because I've been talking about it for years, but especially the last 18 months, I mean, record gold buying by central banks. What does that mean? I mean the central banks aren't stocking their banks with currency, right? And interesting enough, even the Swiss National Bank the Swiss, where you're supposed to have a, a banking safe haven, that's like the, a, you know, you, you believe in some of the historical lore. Like this was like the the Swiss were set up by the Knights Templar, the, the first international banking combine. And this was always supposed to be neutrality and banking safe haven. And the Swiss National Bank lost money last year. I mean, you make the money and you also lost money. The only thing that the Swiss National Bank made money on, like actually made a profit on, was their gold holdings that they bought. Yeah, absolutely amazing, folks. BRICS Plus. You know, I, when I started talking about the BRICS years ago, I was like, well, it's, they're 40% of the world's population. <laughs> and then just right after, you know, you have the uh, invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia and the sanctions, it just started, there was BRICS plus all of a sudden, and all these countries wanted to join. There's a re Countries don't want to be on the other side of these sanctions, and we're just willy-nilly throwing them out. You know, I mean, this is what we do, This or we, I'm saying our government. We are losing the world's reserve currency status. I mean, don't, 
you, you can't paint it any other way. It's not, uh, it's not, I'm not being an alarmist. Like you're watching it happen in real time. Uh, but by all means, I'm sure, I'm sure Jim Cramer has, uh, you can buy some fang stocks. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All right. Let's, uh, let's continue, uh, with another aspect of this. This was on zero hedge. And then I'll go to the, I'll go to the chat here. If you guys got anything, I see, uh, See zero in the in the YouTube chat. I'll try to one crypto is thirty four thousand. I'll see what that means. I'll have to look and uh, see what you're referring to. I know the price. Of, we'll get the price of Bitcoin and uh, gold and silver today. And I've I've got a little bit of a little bit of uh, news for Wolfpack as well. All right, this is this is another aspect of de-dollarization. It, it happened. It's happening in in the third dimension as well, like where the actual war on cash. If you recall something that happened in the um, scamdemic uh, COVID nineteen eighty four, the first thing they did was say, "Well, we got all, we got to turn back all these these dollars that were repatriated um, from places like China because they're dirty or whatever." And then places stopped taking cash. And then there was uh, all of a sudden they're like, I don't know why, but we have a coin shortage. Like they couldn't find enough coins. I'm like, that's because you shut down small business. You told hundreds of thousands of businesses they weren't essential. Uh, and uh, of course, President Fauci uh, made sure that the big box was open. So the big box was open, but they didn't take cash. So he had all these small operators, again, hundreds of thousands, they weren't making daily deposits. So it made sound like, why is this even a mystery to people? Those deposits like convenience stores, uh, restaurants, uh, car washes, all these, you're not, you're not turning in your coins uh, for deposits because you've shut them down. It wasn't that hard for me to figure out. But there was a larger, more sinister uh, it, reason for that, you know, because cash is freedom. And of course, gold and silver are freedom, and decentralized crypto is freedom. This is a zero hedge. It's an article that's put out by uh, Shift Gold. The never-ending war on cash, and it is true, it's never-ending. It's the it's the it's the forever war. The forever war is on cash. In the last few decades, there has been a global shift towards a cashless world, a trend that continues to shape financial autonomy. Physical currencies becoming increasingly rare as the majority of the world's money supply exists in electronic form. Governments and financial institutions are actively promoting a cashless society, raising concerns about individual financial freedom. The Federal Reserve's last annual update on physical currency and circulation reported about $2.2 trillion in physical cash supply. This includes physical coins, dimes, quarters, dollars, and green Federal Reserve notes. Nevertheless, there has been a rapid shift towards electronic funds. In the current era, the total global money supply is predominantly composed of electronic funds with physical currency representing a diminishing percentage. This concept of central bank digital currency, CBDC, in the last year has gained substantial prominence globally. Well, it's funny, in the last year... I've been talking about CBDC before it was cool, I guess. I've, I've been talking about the a world currency. You go back to 1989, and the uh, the Economist magazine 
their cover was uh, this double-headed eagle, and it said, time for world currency? This is something that the now that they've got the blockchain technology and the and the white papers, everything drawn up. So this is even the Biden administration at the beginning of 2021 put out a an executive order to have all federal uh, executive branches explore uh, their connection to what a central bank digital currency would look like in their operations. Yeah, the uh, IMF director Christina Ling Georgia Jiva. Georgieva noted that in her speech last year, the CBDCs have already been introduced in the Bahamas, Jamaica, and Nigeria, with over 100 additional countries, including the United States, currently in the exploratory phase. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they introduced it in Nigeria, and it was a complete flop. Uh, thank you, Nigeria. That Nigerians use Bitcoin. I mean, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And uh, the central banksters thought, well, you know, they if they like Bitcoin, well, for sure, they'll like our unlimited uh, social credit score, biometrically controlled, uh, you know, garbage. And Nigeria said, no, I don't want any of that. The push towards a cashless society is often justified on the grounds of enhanced security with claims that electronic transactions deter terrorism, money laundering, and counterfeiting. Oh, well, don't get me started on where terrorism comes from. And you, you know, the biggest crooks, those the biggest crooks in the world want to make sure that nobody else is a crook, I guess. Uh, <laughs> just the, the, the headlines are always, it's always about safety. It has nothing to do with safety. This is an absolute control grid that is being set up to end history. You know, Francis Fukuyama, that history professor, wrote that book is kind of a, a celebrating globalism in the early 90s. It's called The End of History saying that liberal democracy had triumphed and no more nation states and all this stuff. And globalism is on the rise and we're all going to have cooperative things. Uh, no, the real end of history is the coup d'etat of the banking class over all aspects of our lives, making politics impossible, making pushback, making free speech, making free movement impossible. And they do that through a central bank digital currency. However, upon closer examination, it becomes apparent the primary objective is an attempt to bar the doors and keep assets within the U.S. financial system. Reduced reliance on physical cash facilitates increased monitoring and taxation on financial transactions, aligning with the government's and central planners' interest. Interesting, even the diminishing purchasing power of the U.S. dollar, the face value of the Federal Reserve notes have also been decreasing. Today, the highest denomination note produced by the Federal Reserve is a $100 note. The elimination of higher denominations, such as $500, $1,000, $5,000, and $10,000 notes, began in 1969. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> Were they anticipating the fact that uh, massive amounts of our cash were outside of the continental United States and they were about to decouple it from gold? Uh, discussions continue with some advocating for the complete discontinuation of cash. Governments benefit from a cashless system as it allows for more efficient taxation and central planning, while banks see advantages in increased fees and regulatory power. A cashless society results in larger bank deposits, contributing to an expansion of the money supply through fractional, fractional reserve banking. 
Well, of course. And, uh, you know, in our system, the super uber elite, they don't pay taxes really because they have they can offshore things. They have armies of accountants and they, you know, the tax system, the tax code is meant for the wealthy. That's why they don't fight it. And I mean, the wealthy never want lower taxes because they don't have to pay them. That's why they always want us to pay them. That's why they want us to have, you know, have Warren Buffett advocates higher taxes because they never want you to reach anywhere near them. So they never have to compete. You understand it's like a run out the clock situation. And then the system also requires uh, taxation as a means to ensure a ruling regime uh, never is threatened also, so you got to understand that that's the that's their favorite thing, even though they're just going to print the money, they're going to create the money out of thin air or money or the currency out of thin air. They still need you to pay your quote unquote fair share. So this is what all about this is a tracking system. The move towards a cashless society raises concerns about individual control over personal wealth. Governments and large banks are likely to exert increasing pressure to discourage holding liquid wealth outside the banking system. Acquiring physical cash and precious metals may become more challenging, potentially reaching a point where coins and Federal Reserve notes are no longer considered legal tender. Well, this is interesting. There's two things going on at the same time. You have states like Texas, Missouri, Arkansas, I mean, all across the board. I'm just naming a few. Tennessee is looking to set up a, uh, a reserve bank for precious metals. This is so important. Oklahoma, they're all doing this in the face of the announcements from the the federal government and the central bank about a top-down totalitarian control system. And so these states are doing a decentralized thing. That's why this is so important. Like physical, without counterparty risk, metals, so important outside of the system. A lot of these states are going to make cash or gold legal tender. They're going to make silver legal tender, which is wonderful. Uh, Some states... And I want to say it was, uh, I read it was Ohio, some of these other states. You can even use Bitcoin to pay things like property tax. Yeah. Contrary to paper currency, the intrinsic value of precious metals, particularly gold and silver, has hardly been impacted by the government decision. We talk more about this in the Confiscation Con white paper. You can go in this article. There's a link to this Confiscation Con white paper. I'd like to see that. The use of gold and silver as money is determined ultimately by the free market and the free market alone. This is, folks, this is our our current reality, right? This is like we're, the thing about my shows or anything, I just, I don't sugarcoat anything. We're going to jump right into it. And you got the emerging de-dollarization. The United States is losing the world's reserve currency status. The dollar is being replaced, not by one thing. It's not just China. It's a series of nations that are that are uh, colluding together to offset that control and get away from the possibility of being sanctioned. That will have blowback effect. You know, the CIA has a term for that. It's called blowback. You know what you do. It actions have consequences. Who knew? You know, there's for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So everything we've done over the last many decades is finally blowing back on us with this with our dollar weaponization. So you have that aspect. So that's that train has left the station. How that's going to end, I don't know. It won't be pretty. Uh, typically, history teaches us 
that when a great empire starts to lose control uh, of the global, you know, the, the hegemonic dominance, whether economically or military or both, that there is a conflict. OK, we don't want that. We don't want to, you know, uh, go to war for the uh, bankers war. We don't want anything to do with any of that that would be set up. It would all be nonsense and it would just be organized murder. We don't want anything to do with that. But we have to be careful because that's what happens, right? So you need to be aware that usually there's a currency war, a trade war, and an actual war. And we are in the cycle of history where this is a very dangerous time. Then you get the war on cash. And that's not something that's a conspiracy theory or made up. There's a war on cash. And the reason there's a war on cash is because you can't track that. There's a war on, there's a war on uh, gold and silver as legal tender because that isn't so much of a even the general public, it's a fraction of a fraction that actually owns real precious metals. I mean, a lot of people just own it in paper. So that hasn't been attacked as much. That probably is on the on the docket. It's on the menu. So you need to be aware of that. But that's why they're attacking crypto. Crypto is so much easier. You know, you get a Bitcoin wallet, you download it on your phone. Uh, your friend has Bitcoin or your Contact has Bitcoin. You can turn it in and buy something with it. So you guys trade it amongst yourselves. I mean, where's the bank there? Where's the control there? Again, that's why there's a war on cash. There's a war on crypto. There's a war on gold. Uh, but you're going to see that accelerate as the dollar loses more of its buying power, as the government realizes uh, that it, it it can't just you know run this warfare welfare state. Uh, willy nilly, uh, we can't go on forever uh, with them, you know, printing unlimited funds from the treasury or from the central bank. It, it will have a consequence. So stay frosty. All right. Uh, let me go to the Rockfin chat and I'm going to hit the YouTube chat. Appreciate all you guys joining today. Oh, nobody in the Rockfin chat. Okay. Well, you never know. It's a, this is a new uh, time frame for, for the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto show. And I sure appreciate all of you guys being here on in YouTube. I've got uh, zero. And he asked, what is it? What makes a good crypto? Well, I mean, a good crypto is something that's decentralized. A good crypto is something that's uh, somewhat stable. It needs to be, in my opinion, Bitcoin fills a lot of that role because it's it's finite. It's decentralized. Um, it's the only crypto. And I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist. But I, I'm only really buying Bitcoin right now. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Solana and uh, some Cardano. There's a couple of uh, other coins that are in the news today. We'll talk a little bit about that before we close out. But I own, I own probably uh, 10 or 15 different cryptos. I'm not acquiring them right now other than Bitcoin. And so Bitcoin being finite at 21 million. Uh, you know, the open ledger, the decentralization. I, I like Bitcoin. It's, it's got some flaws. Uh, but uh, as far as privacy and other things are concerned, um, but it it is a, I think, a representation, a store of value. So that's what I would think makes a good a good crypto. Yeah, appreciate the question though. Yeah, it's expensive. Well, that's the Bitcoin's expensive because there's only 21 million. It's the it's the inverted. It's like the opposite of the dollar. Like if the dollar had a an evil twin, <laughs> it's like it's the opposite. Or if Bitcoin had an evil twin, it'd be the dollar. All right. Uh, let me jump into some more stories. And uh, we'll close out the show. Thanks again for everybody joining. It means a lot to me. I, I've got an interview tomorrow 
uh, that's going to be great. You're going to go to subscribe to the, the actual podcast channel. This is going to go up on the Wise Wolf Golden Crypto Show. You guys don't want to miss my interview. It's going to go up probably tomorrow afternoon. And uh, I'm recording it tomorrow around noon. Uh, you're going to want to hear this. I'm going to put it up on my channel. So go uh, subscribe so you don't miss it. All right, let's hit this uh, story on Bitcoin ETFs. I thought this was interesting. You know, again, I don't uh, I don't need BlackRock to endorse Bitcoin or anything like that. I don't need uh, I don't need the 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 establishment financial hacks to to like it. But it is interesting to watch because the more and more they play with this, they realize that their their own system is moving towards. This is a parallel system. It's not part of the financial network that that's been built on fake. There's going to be a lot of realizations over the, the next few years, I promise you that. Bitcoin ETFs rapidly accumulate 95,000 BTC, <laughs> 95,000 Bitcoins, nearing $4 billion. In just six days of trading, the recently approved spot Bitcoin exchange-traded funds ETFs have collectively accumulated impressive 95,000 BTC with total assets under management inching close to the 4 billion mark. According to Eric uh, Balkanis, a senior ETF analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, the inflow into the newly launched ETFs has now exceeded the outflows from the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Total net flows now stand at 1.2 billion. This is, uh, this is just the beginning. You know, we're... And I don't think the difference between this and uh, you look at the dot com bubble of the late 90s, early 2000s, leading into 2001. The reason that I, I don't think this will have the same effect is because you're talking about stocks and you're talking about unlimited. That's why you, when you get into the counterparty risk. Now, gold and silver have the ultimately ultimately stand outside of counterparty risk. But Bitcoin is, again, it's finite. And it's not like you can just, uh, oh, we're just going to create more preferred stock. They can't do that. And as you have more and more adoption, it becomes more and more scarce. It, the, the genius of it, the fact that it is finite, uh, but it, it is also divisible. Every Bitcoin, I believe, has 100 million Satoshis. So a Satoshi is just a fractionalized piece of every Bitcoin. And so that's what makes Bitcoin, because you can use it as, as currency, you can use it as money, you can use it as a store of value, but they're not going to just dump a whole lot more onto you. So the speculative part of that, yeah, there'll be ups and downs. It's not going straight up and to the right forever. It's not how this works. But over the long enough timeline, it becomes more and more scarce. It becomes what actual money is. Uh, Fidelity Fidelity and BlackRock's Bitcoin ETFs are leading. Leading the pack among the ETFs are Fidelity's FBTC and BlackRock's iShares Bitcoin Trust, amassing inflows of 1.28 and 1.23 billion respectively. Fidelity is known as one of the more crypto-friendly traditional finance firms in the U.S. That could be one reason behind the popularity of its Bitcoin ETF. Other, among other things, the firm has uh, argued that 
in a report that Bitcoin is better than gold when it comes to fulfilling specific requirements in an investment portfolio. Well, I don't know that it's better than gold. I've never made that claim. I don't think you're going to hear that from me. But I do think this entire space is worth learning. I, I want to have uh, we're going to have some people in this space, too, on the show uh, over this year. And uh, I hope you'll all come together and, and uh, download the podcast and, and follow me on the live feed because uh, we're going to learn stuff together. I mean, I've been in the crypto space since 2016. I bought my first Bitcoin ATM. I, I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> I don't give investment advice. Uh, I own uh, several cryptos, as I mentioned earlier. But right now I'm only buying, I'll tell you what I'm buying. I'm buying BTC. I'm just buying, I, I, I use it uh, monthly uh, to pay some of the people that I sponsor uh, with Wise Wolf. And, uh, and I just accumulate it for its, uh, on its own, just for the sake of accumulating. All right. Last story of the day, and then, and then we'll get you guys out of here. Uh, this is from Coindesk. Let me put it up on the screen. I try to cherry pick, like, what's the most notable stories? We don't get too too much lost in the technical, because this isn't like a trading platform show. Just a 37,000-foot view. This was uh, Coindesk this morning. Solana, Cardano, uh, lead crypto markets lower as traders grapple with Bitcoin headwinds. Coindesk 20, a liquid index of the highest trade traded token, slumped 2.8% in the last 24 hours. I got the wise wolf phone is, is ringing. I guess that's good, right? <laughs> I may have to go turn it off. <laughs> One second, guys. Be right back. Can't have dead air. <laughs> I'm my own producer. Uh, sorry about that. This is the wise wolf phone. If I don't answer it, it'll just keep ringing. All right. This again, this was uh, Coindesk. Uh, prominent cryptocurrencies started the week in the red as fears of the large Bitcoin BTC sales continued to confront investors who are likely scaling back exposure in the broader market in anticipation of lower prices. Coindesk 20, a liquid index of the highest traded token, slumped 2.8% in the last 24 hours. Solana's SOL and Cardano's ADA fell 5% in the past 24-hour, leading losses among majors BNB chains. And again, uh, this is stemming from so much pouring into the ETFs, so much happening with Bitcoin that it, a lot of the investors seem spooked because like, well, they're, you're inflating. There's a, is there a, a crash or a bubble or a correction? because there's just more activity than normal. Uh, Dogecoin, D-O-G-E, initially bucked the broader market weakness amid, amid speculation of adoption in an upcoming feature on social application X, but has retreated in the past six hours. Bitcoin, the world's largest cryptocurrency by market value, lost the $41,000 support level early Monday, Traders expect prices to fall as low as 38000 in the coming weeks, which could lead to more losses in other cryptocurrencies. Well, this is just a broader view. There's some pullback in the, the trading market. You know, there's a, the influx, the initial influx is always happens in anything, right? And there's profit taking. 
So I think what you're seeing uh, is a natural, you know, with the adoption, I think this is a natural path for all of the crypto market. Yeah, there's going to be uh, initial interest inflow, then there will be profit taking, there'll be a slump. Uh, could Bitcoin right now is trading at $40,728 uh, or Luciferian Bankster notes per uh, Bitcoin. Ethereum's at 2376 I remember when I was I was buying Ethereum for customers when I had my shop in San Antonio at $200. Uh, so that's been a heck of a rise. Uh, Binance Coin, $311.93. Solano, $86.99. XRP at $0.51. Cents. And I mean, Card the XRP and the Ripple, uh, that's another story. We'll have to get into some of that. I've been hearing about, you know, that's used as a for the uh, ledger and le uh, the banking system as a means to, uh, you know, patriate everything and, and clear. Uh, that could be an interesting development, but I've not seen that really get pushed through. So we'll have to check back on that as well. All right, folks. Well, I appreciate all of you joining. That's uh, today's wrap up. Again, join the podcast channel. Uh, go and subscribe to the podcast, Wise Wolf Golden Crypto Show, anywhere podcasts are served up. Go and subscribe to that. If you can, uh, give us a rating. I haven't had a rating there since February. If you like the show, uh, if you like uh, me being my own producer and having Beans of the Brave in studio, uh, give us a five-star. It really helps the algorithms and people can find us. We're going to have some great guests in 2024. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, the analysis will be good. Uh, you can also find me on my other podcast, the Arterburn Radio Transmission and Paratruther. Uh, we do that a couple times a week. Uh, I've, I just uh, released, uh, or excuse me, I just recorded. I'll have a, a new show released on Paratruthers, a great interview with the legendary Don Jeffries on uh, the New Orleans connection of the JFK assassination. I cover a broad spectrum, uh, but Gold and silver, coins, monetary system, currency, that's that's history. That's my wheelhouse. So um, go and check that out and uh, subscribe to the show. Freeworld.fm is also another place you can get. We're working on um, more news, and uh, we've got uh, some magnificent hosts over there. I'm, I'm working on uh, getting an app uh, for it. Uh, so that's going to be cool. Uh, just carry it in your, your pocket. You can turn on Free World anytime and get some some alternatives. The alternative to the alternative will be freeworld.fm. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining. I appreciate everybody over on Rockfin uh, as well. And uh, we'll be back next week, okay? In a world of bulls and bears, be the wolf. See you next time.